0: All right, I got a line open. If you want to weigh in on Donald Trump, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. In the meantime, uh, as promised, uh, we told you Marianne Williamson would be here at 218. And right on time, Marianne Williamson uh, joins us, author and, of course, Democratic presidential candidate. Marianne, great to have you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for
0: having me on. I, I got to tell you, for somebody who is polling in double digits in in some states... Uh, You and and Bobby Kennedy, Um, I I haven't seen you around a lot. I haven't seen a a, a CNN town hall or I haven't seen (laughs) I I, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Marion Williamson on TV. Why is that? Why why do you think that is?
1: Well, for the same reason that you think it is. CNN and MSNBC as well are basically taking the directive from the DNC. The DNC has decided that the candidate will be Joe Biden. And um, that that narrative is being fortified by their minions at these mainstream media outlets who seem to think that uh, an elite has the right to simply decide who the candidate should be rather than allowing the electorate full access to the messages of all the candidates so that they can decide for themselves
0: do you think do you think that is coming directly from the DNC? Is that something you think that, that, oh, I, don't,
1: that... I don't think I don't think it works quite that overtly, but it doesn't need to. What I do know is that media outlets such as CNN, I had a town hall last time. I poll, as you yourself mentioned, higher than some of the candidates that they've given a town hall to. Some of the programs which I was on routinely, not only at uh, CNN, but in even MSNBC, even during the last campaign, when my polling numbers were far, far lower. No, there's obviously a a strategy of erasure. There's a strategy of invisibilization. Let's just pretend she's not there. Mm. And that's undemocratic. And I think a lot of people see it. The majority of American, uh, Democratic and Democratic leaning voters have made it clear that they want to see debates. The president should be debating his opponents. No, this is not the way democracy should operate.
0: Why do you think a, a second term for Joe Biden would be detrimental to the United States?
1: Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I think a second term of the president would be detrimental to the United States. Those were your words and not mine. Mine would be that I don't think that he is a strong candidate for 2024 because I don't think that Bidenomics speaks to the ubiquitous economic despair that is out there in this country. Um, Franklin Roosevelt said that we would not have to worry about a fascist takeover as long as democracy delivered on its promises. In the richest country in the world, Unlike every other advanced democracy, for us not to have universal health care, for us not to have tuition-free college and tech school, for us not to have paid family leave or a guaranteed living wage, means that democracy is not delivering on its promises. Now, Bidenomics is is an expression and a message that works for 20% of the American people for whom the economy is doing pretty well. But in the richest country in the world, that's not enough because that 20% are like people on an island surrounded by a vast sea of economic despair. We have one in four Americans who live with medical debt. We have tens of millions of people carrying around college loan debt. You know, in the 1970s, the average American worker could afford a house and a car and a yearly vacation and could send their kids to school. Our middle class has practically been hollowed out, and it's been hollowed out by a $50 trillion dollar transfer of wealth into the hands of 10% of Americans over the last 50 years. This has got to stop. The American people are not foolish. The majority of Americans live paycheck to paycheck could not absorb a $400 unexpected expenditure. And for the Democrats to come into the election in 2024 saying, "Hey, things are doing pretty well," goes contradictory to the visceral experience of the majority of Americans.
0: Marianne, so will you-
1: that's not the- no, no, no.
0: I, I, I was just going to reset it. Marion Williamson with us. You know, I I you you did spend some time in Michigan in Warren. You were the spirit, former spiritual leader at Unity Church. Um, I, Michigan, I think, despite what some people say as has become a, a democratic stronghold, um, this is still very much. It feels as we enter a presidential cycle that is going to be contentious, is, is going to be tight. Um, it, it, is, it still feels very purple. Um, how do you view swing states, particularly like Michigan?
1: First of all, I more than spent a little time there. I was there for eight years. I raised my daughter there. So Michigan, that whole area of Metro Detroit, has a you know, very warm place in my heart. I will be back there, by the way, between the 8th and the 10th of, of um, uh, next month. So, no, actually, I'll be there next <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, next month. Okay. But going back to what you said, because I think you're making a very good point, the Democratic Party has traditionally been unequivocal advocates for the working people of the United States. And it has begun to neglect that mission. That is why states like Michigan are up for grabs. That's why states like Michigan have gone purple, because the working people of the United States used to look at the Democratic Party and say, that's, that's my party. But we are now a party that has not, even when we, Democrat, when we had the House and the Senate and the White House, did not get the minimum wage increase. You have one third of American workers who live on less than $15 an hour and half of them cannot even find a place to live. And that's why it's, it's purple, not just because of Donald Trump. Listen, if the Republicans win in 2024, my concern is not be because they, they vote for DeSantis or Ramaswamy or Trump. It will be because too many people stay home. Because the Democrats, if all we give them is the agenda of the President Biden. Bidenomics and nothing more than let us finish the job. All that we're offering is the alleviation of stress. We need more than to just make it easier for people to, to survive what is essentially an unjust economic system. We need to end the injustice. And that is what my agenda uh, uh, calls for. And that is why Michigan states like Michigan are up for grabs. People are saying, "What are you doing for me? Sure. What are my tax dollars going for?" Except paying a bunch of very, very rich people, making it easier for them to get more, and making it more and more difficult for the average person to survive. Where do you it's think the message being
0: different? Where do you think the similarities lie between Democrats and Republicans in today's political world?
1: Well, when it comes to uh, big oil and defense contractors, man, they all line up. Uh, whether it has to do with Big Oil, Northrop Grumman, uh, Raytheon, Boeing, all the defense contracts. And you're calling for a 20
0: percent reduction in the defense budget, right?
1: Well, I don't think any reasonable person looks at the size of our defense budget and says, oh, the more we spend on defense, the greater our national security. Nobody thinks the Iraq War made us more secure. Nobody thinks the last 20 years in Afghanistan made us more secure. Uh, Certainly we need a strong military, of course, but I look at the military like I look at a surgeon. If you're going to have surgery, you should have the best surgeon. And certainly America needs a surgeon on hand at all times. Mm-hmm. But a reasonable person tries to avoid surgery. And I think that when we look back at the Iraq war, when we look back at the last 20 years in Afghanistan, we know that all that money was spent on, uh, on the military actually went to things that made us less secure, that squandered our military respect as well as our moral authority. Just giving those guys more money does not mean that we're more mature, more secure. It just means that we're giving more profits to defense contracts which have their grip on both parties.
0: If you feel like you're not getting a good shake and, and I actually tend to agree with you. I, I think you should be on MSNBC, I think you should be on CNN hosting town halls and, and floating ideas out there. You let the public decide what they want, right? I, I'm with you, but if you feel like the deck is stacked and and you're not getting a fair shake, is there a possibility of a of a third party ticket, Marion Williamson running separately?
1: I would not do anything that I felt actually made it easier for neo-authoritarians to get into the White House. I would not do anything to um, create a more dangerous, risky situation in this country.
0: Okay. Marion Williamson, thank you so much. Uh, Appreciate the time. Don't be a stranger. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Have a good day. I'd uh, love to get your thoughts 800-859-0957 800-859-0WJR. Uh also, Donald Trump is there for you. If you're on the line, hold tight. We're coming to you next. Donald Trump indicted for a fourth time in the last 6 months. This time in in stemming from an investigation in Fulton County in Atlanta about Donald Trump and company potentially stealing the election. We'll get to your calls next.